0: The time to shape our worldview using the Bible is now. It is never too early. It is never too late to ensure that what we believe about how the world works and some of the most controversial issues of our day, like gender and abortion, are all based on the Word of God. And Ryan and Bethany Bomberger, the founders of the Radiance Foundation, have so many resources to help individuals and to help parents Equip themselves, equip their children with biblical truths about these topics. And so today we are going to hear a little bit about their story. Ryan was conceived in rape, his mother chose life. He was then Adopted, Bethany has her own incredible story of choosing life and redemption that has led them down the path to advocate for the most defenseless, namely children in and outside of the womb and ensuring that all of us know what the Word of God says about these subjects, about our bodies, about our identities, and about our purpose. This is a great and uplifting conversation that I know you're going to love. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. Go to ranchers.com, code Allie. Ryan, Bethany, thank you guys both so much for joining. Uh, Before we get started, could one of you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? Awesome. Well, we're the Radiance
1: Foundation. Together we co-founded the Radiance Foundation. And our heart, our well, our motto is pretty simple: illuminate, educate, motivate. Mm. So our heart is to illuminate that every life has intrinsic value, irrevocable purpose. And so we have the joy of educating. Uh, about a myriad of culture-shifting issues, we talk about, of course, abortion and adoption, fatherlessness, poverty, race, um, and and our prayer is, as the Lord takes us all these different places to speak in different venues, our prayer is that we would motivate people to understand that their life has purpose, and that they were created to speak into what's going on in, in the culture, going on in the culture, and we want them to articulate really a reasoned worldview. Right.
0: Yes.
2: So we're an educational, factivist, faith-based organization.
0: Right. And really the reason for the Radiance Foundation goes way back, way back before you guys started it. I'm sure even before you guys got married. I want to hear a little bit about your story Ryan and why you are so passionate about adoption and against abortion and about these worldview issues that you guys are working so hard to educate people on
2: right well my story is that story that a lot of people have a hard time embracing in fact I, I remember being told to my face in a debate at Harvard that basically I should have been aborted this is the this is kind of the essence of the abortion debate because it never really gets to that question well what about Rape, And I am that fringe case. I'm the 1% that's used 100% of the time to justify abortion. Mm -hmm. And I thank God for a courageous birth mom who not only gave me the gift of life, but gave me the gift of adoption. So I grew up in your typical American family, Allie, of 15. I have (laughs) 12 siblings, six brothers, six sisters, 10 of us were adopted, and we're just... Like all these beautiful different hues, all kinds of different backgrounds, loved like crazy by my parents, Henry and Andrea Bomberger, who didn't focus on how we came to be, but loved us who loved us into who we were meant to be. Yeah. And so that's part of the DNA of our, our organization. I'm happily married to my best friend, love of my life, Bethany Bomberger. And we have four kiddos, two of whom were also adopted. So adoption is just a huge part of our story. But it's not just my own story. It's Bethany's story, too. Uh, how the name of the organization Radiance even came about.
1: Well, very briefly, like yeah. when I was in my 20s, um, you know, I had grown up in the church, just to give you a little bit of background. i had grown up in the church. I had been a teacher for over a decade. I actually it was almost two decades. I know it's hard to believe I was that old 18 years ago. But <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, I had been Working and I, I just got to this place in my personal life where I was, uh, I had really sort of stepped away from my faith for a little bit, and the disappointments of life had really hit me hard. Yeah. I was in a relationship with somebody who was really abusive and didn't see myself there long term, but when you're in that state of mind, mm-hmm. you just find that the days and the months go by. And I found myself pregnant and really faced with um, a situation. Mm -hmm. And I went by myself and I think it's, I always think it's special to just mention that it was a February 14th back in 2004. Um, It was a Saturday morning and I went for an ultrasound and the room was really sort of dark and empty and cold and nobody was really there because it was early Saturday morning. And um, I saw an ultrasound of my daughter and she was just, I mean, it was like a little beating, her heart was just like a little beating piece of rice. And um, I just had a, a real tangible sense of the presence of God in that moment. And I just felt him wrap his heart around my heart and her heart. And that night, I went back to my, my house and I opened up an old journal like, wow, I need, it. I need to live differently. And uh, in, the, in the margin of this journal was Psalm 34, 5, mm-hmm. which says, I sought the Lord. He delivered me from all my fears. Mm-hmm. Those that look to him will be radiant and their faces will never be covered with shame. So our daughter Radiance, because before she was even two, we moved into looking for Ryan to adopt her. But Radiance just for me is symbolic of Um, just what happens when true identity comes upon us and we understand who we were created to be. And it replaces shame, it replaces guilt, it replaces confusion. Mm -hmm. So when our little Radiance was uh, just about five years old and we started the Radiance Foundation, we had all these names for the organization and we settled on, one morning Ryan came down and he said, why don't we call it the Radiance Foundation? Because no matter what issue we're going to address, at the end of the day, it's going to replace guilt and shame and yeah. all of the heartache that goes with other options.
0: And tell me how you guys met.
2: <laughs> it was actually at a planning meeting for a pregnancy center banquet. Mm-hmm. I was the, the lead singer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so that.
1: I was in, I was in grad school and I was part of um, a, a, it was a concert committee and we were just planning events that would allow the youth to be involved in things that were meaningful. And at that time, although Ryan won't say it, he was the lead singer of a group called Surreal. And they, you know, we thankfully,
2: CC Wynans and right. uh, Toby Mac. And that, that was like way back when. So way
1: anyway. back when, and you know, everybody thought they were going to get uh, signed. I'm glad they didn't because we probably wouldn't have ended up together. But it's pretty amazing to think that our first interactions were putting together a benefit concert for a crisis pregnancy center down in Hampton Roads, Virginia. And so
2: we fell in love at first sight, but the longer story, which we don't have time to tell, Mm -hmm. uh, took seven years. So we fell in love at first sight, but it took,
1: we About had some six scenic years, to,
2: get back to. I
1: went one direction, he went with the other direction, right. and you know when I came back to the Lord, and He worked through some things He had to work through, and here I have you know Ray Ray, we call my daughter Ray Ray. The Lord brought us back together, and we came back together stronger than we ever could have been, with a different goal in life, and we were married by the time Ray Ray right before her second birthday, and so Ryan's really the only daddy she's ever known, and like he mentioned, we have two biological kiddos, and then. Adapted our youngest as well. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and so. and Bethany, I know you kind of just mentioned your journey with the Lord. Were you a Christian at the time that you found out that you were pregnant with your daughter?
1: Yes, I've. I grew up in the church. I made a commitment to the Lord really as a young kid, and just went through lots of, you know, I don't know. There's lots of bumps along the road. Yeah, totally. And somewhere along the way we think just because we're a christian things are going to be easy mm-hmm. and so i look back and i really see that some of those difficulties and heartaches i i really took out my feelings on the lord and yet he was so gracious and brought me back to himself and as we champion this uh, you know this these life issues and the Lord brings us in connection with so many people. I really have nothing but empathy and a big heart for those that are walking through really difficult situations and find themselves in a place of fear. And I understand why there's such a motivation for women to think that abortion will be an uplift out of that. Mm -hmm. But of course our voice is to say, Let's step out of the temporal for a moment and let's eliminate the fear. And let's look at the big picture. And now my daughter is 18 headed to college. She spoke at her college or high school graduation. Um, And when I think of the world without her, it's almost too much (laughs) to, to to bear. Right. And so
2: we love her like crazy.
1: We do. But my heart, you know, our hearts are tied to especially these women that are going through a difficult season. So everything that we talk about, because we speak hard truths, but our hardest to speak it in love. And because we love people, we speak truth.
0: Okay, guys, it is time to tell you guys about Carly Jean. Los Angeles. I love Carly Jean Los Angeles. Love all of their clothes. Today's a rare day that I'm not wearing Carly Jean as I'm recording this because I am wearing a shirt from allymerch.com. But when I'm not wearing my relatable t-shirts, I am wearing Carly Jean Los Angeles because their clothes are so comfortable, so lightweight, so high quality. Their entire basics line is made in the U.S. And it's just my style, like they fit my style so well. And I don't have to compromise, especially while pregnant Uh, cuteness for comfort. It is the perfect marriage of cuteness and comfort at Carly Jean Los Angeles. And plus, it's a company that, is run by a family that shares our values. They love the Lord. I have met their whole family and have talked to them at length and they're just beautiful people who really have such a sincere faith and a desire to glorify God in everything they do, including running this company. So you can feel really good about supporting them. Plus it's going to make your closet absolutely beautiful. And because they're such simple mix and match pieces, it's also going to simplify your closet as well. So it's really just a win all around. Go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Use promo code AliB for 20% off your order. CarlyGeeLosAngeles.com, code Allie B. And there's really no issue, controversial, quote unquote, issue that you guys don't touch. In 2016, you guys write books. That's part of the education piece of the Radiance Foundation. Ryan, you wrote a book, Not Equal Civil Rights Gone wrong. And so I can already tell that there was probably, I mean, a very good reception, I'm sure, but a little bit of a controversial uh, a controversial reception or maybe a confused uh, reception from some people who don't understand how civil rights could have ever gone wrong and what that right. even means, especially right. over the past few years after the summer of 2020. I mean, this is kind of a big thing to say. So can you talk about that a little bit?
2: Sure. That was probably one of the most surreal experiences in my life, actually leading up to the creation of the book, Not Equal, Civil Rights Gone Wrong. Actually, it came out on Juneteenth, by the way. Um, That's actually the same day that I I was adopted. So Mm. that date has a lot of meaning to me. But the book was a result of being sued by the NAACP. So we had launched a billboard campaign in the San Francisco Bay area, you know, really conservative (laughs) area there. And we placed 60 billboards that said black and beautiful, too many aborted.com dealing with the hugely disproportionate impact of abortion in the black community where abortion rates are sometimes up to five times higher. So we were just, Discussing, you know, the history of eugenics, the history of the the racism and elitism of eugenics and of the unaltered DNA of Planned Parenthood, we were just bashed. I mean, we were denounced by the ACLU, which felt good. We were denounced by Planned Parenthood. We were denounced by you know pro-abortion politicians. But then we were denounced by a group that I grew up revering. NAACP. They called our campaign horribly racist, and that it gave the false impression that Planned Parenthood kills black babies. That was the first moment when I realized civil rights had gone wrong. Mm. And so they threatened to sue us because I wrote an article, being the effectivist that I am, wrote an article about it. And so I called the article the National Association for the Abortion of colored people. Yeah. And they sued us. Two years in federal court, the short story there, represented by Alliance Defending Freedom. Never thought it would even go to court because, hello, brown guy exercising, you know, (laughs) civil rights, free speech.
1: Yeah.
2: Never thought it would go that far, but it did. We actually had to win on appeal. But that's what led to the creation of the book. And still to this day, with the, the discussion about civil rights groups and how many of them have veered so far off the path. I mean, they say on one hand, black lives matter, but then they are standing in solidarity with the leading killer of black lives. And so we've been calling that out for years. We've been extolling the truth that black lives matter, that every single life created in the image of God, which is all of us matters, um, before the empty and fraudulent hashtag. But yeah, there, there have been many controversies, but anytime you come against the civil rights industry, you're going to face controversy. Yeah.
0: You know, isn't that so interesting that the people who say that they care about the marginalized, care about those on the outskirts of society, the weakest, the voiceless, the vulnerable, the immigrant, the person of color, the poor? It's why, I mean, why is it that the one category of people, the most vulnerable, category of people, the most voiceless, the most defenseless, that's always left out of the conversation and not even just left out of the conversation when it comes to civil rights and equality and dignity and all of these words and justice, but is actually explicitly dehumanized, explicitly dehumanized. I mean, for people who say that they care about so-called social justice and championing the cause of the marginalized it's just strange how this one extremely marginalized type of person is always just treated like trash. It's very strange.
2: It is. And it, it, the civil rights industry has no excuse for it. I mean, there is no one more marginalized, no one more vulnerable, no one more, you know, indefensible or, you know, I'm sorry, no one right. more defenseless. Yes, that's what I meant. Yes, yes. The, their, their argument is indefensible. Yes. But no one more defenseless than the unborn. And yet, and it comes to a whole personhood issue. And in fact, I remember an argument or a discussion, I should say, not an argument, but a discussion I had with NPR hosts who was saying, well, the unborn, that's not human. I'm like, well, what is it? Right. I said, I, I understand the argument about personhood. And this was a, this was an African-American host. And I said, I find it so strange that you are saying that another group of people is not, they're not humans and they're not persons. I said, every time we use that argument, it never go, goes well in history. So that's the bizarre thing. And we look at human history, anytime any group of, of individuals, of human beings is dehumanized that way, it always ends in discrimination and death. And that's what's happening here. About a million a year um, pre the overturning of Roe. So we know that the numbers is going down, but it's still going to be way wow. too high. I mean, one is too many. How about that?
1: Right. And I just think that people are so motivated by profit. Margins. And it's amazing how truly the love of money allows you to be Mm -hmm. veiled to the truth. Mm -hmm. And so we go, How did this happen? And it's like, Hey, if you give yourself over to lies, it will lead to delusion and greed. We've seen this over and over again. All of the undercover tapes that came out, and, you know, the abortionist who was talking about, you know, wanting her Lamborghini so she's willing to sell baby parts. It's just amazing that once you give yourself over to the love of, of especially money you very simple truths become muddied right
2: and going back to the yeah, NAACP Planned Parenthood was an annual co-sponsor of their their annual convention so money does speak a lot and that's that explains right. a lot why they stand in solidarity with the leading killer of black yeah. lives
0: okay y'all let me tell you about naturally it's clean my favorite cleaning company we've got all kinds of naturally it's clean cleaning products in our home. I love that they don't have any fragrances and they are safer for my kids, for my family, for my home. They've got multi-surface cleaner. They've got a floor cleaner, stainless steel cleaner, laundry detergent. I really love it. It's all made in the US. This is a company that shares our values and their stuff really works. I love their carpet cleaner in particular. I've gotten so many stains out of carpets and rugs using their carpet cleaner. And if you've got kids like me, you know that's like a daily basis using this stuff. And I really, really recommend it because it is so effective. If you go to naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie, you can see my essential starter kit some of the products that I recommend most. Also, if you use code Allie at checkout, you'll get 15% off your order. So clean.com slash Allie for that 15% off with code Allie. Naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie, code Allie. it's so interesting too because especially in 2020 we were told that like if we had to look at the foundations of everything and if the foundations of something were racist then we just had to get rid of it altogether going so far as to say basically the united states is illegitimate because it was founded by slave owners the whole 1619 project is based on this idea that not just america was founded with slaves but that America was founded on slaves and therefore the entire... I mean, that's also what critical race theory purports, that the entire structure of the United States is systemically, endemically racist and there's nothing that we can do except for tear it all down. And yet when you say, okay, well, let's look at the history of Planned Parenthood. Let's look at the history of Margaret Sanger. Let's look at how specifically anti-Black eugenics was tied into the very foundation, to the very fabric of Planned Parenthood. Like, should we get rid of that because of its racist foundations? All of a sudden, there's an outpouring of grace and mercy and understanding.
2: Right. No, I mean, it's interesting, too, because you hear people make the argument, well, Planned Parenthood's not the same today as it was during Margaret Sanger's days. And I'm like, actually, Mm -hmm. it wasn't as evil. It wasn't (laughs) quite as evil. It's worse now because they're actually killing millions of human beings. So, yeah, Planned Parenthood gets a pass. I mean, even their own employees, 300 uh, employees, current and former employees, posted a manifesto about two years ago online saying that Planned Parenthood has a history steeped in white supremacy, and they admitted that, that Margaret Sanger was a white supremacist. My issue is that white supremacy isn't the issue. Sin supremacy is, and that comes in any color. Uh, you know, racism can enter any heart that invites it in. And yet Planned Parenthood gets a pass on this. Their DNA is unaltered. They're still, it's not even just racism. The fact that they're killing innocent human beings, of course, now too, add on to that, if they don't mutilate children within the womb, they want to mutilate them outside of the womb. With all this gender radicalism and the denial of who we are as male and female. So Mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood gets a pass on all kinds of (laughs) all kinds of levels. They're profiting from it.
1: Yeah. When we started the Radiance Foundation, it really was birthed out of here we are in our late 20s, early 30s. And we're reading Margaret Sanger's works and we're realizing, okay, well, we've always been, you know, against abortion, anti-abortion. We've always been pro-life. But we began seeing, goes far back, the Rockefellers, the Ford, the amount of money, the amount of uh, just – things that are so knit together behind the scenes that when you talk about what you just shared, like, Hey, yeah, we're looking to rid all these systems of this, this racist ties and yet the most racist, like systemically racist industry is untouched. There's more to the story (laughs) because there's these very, very, very deep roots and really, that's partially, I mean, our own stories, but together with understanding how many of us who are pro-life don't understand really the depths of what's going on. And what we're seeing now is really by design. Yes. And this is what has been put into place. There's an agenda that's pushing forward. And what we're just seeing is the result of that. And yet, I hate to say that we we were naive. We didn't know these things that were truths. The things that are right. there to be read aren't, you know, buried. We weren't like reading Wikipedia or something that somebody flippantly wrote. When you just go back and you read the different accounts of where these monies came from, where they went yes. to, we were just like, you know what? People need to know the truth because truth sets people free. Okay. And it releases them from being um, those clutches of the lies.
0: And you and you yeah. nailed it, Bethany, earlier when you said that you know, what Jesus said that the love of money or that what scripture says, what the love of money is the root of all kinds of Mm. evil. That doesn't mean that money itself is evil. Money is money. It's important for different functions, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So that something like Planned Parenthood is untouched and untouchable and it's right. funny because the very people that defend it would also, in many cases, not all, many cases, they would deem themselves socialists and collectivists and maybe so far as saying that they're communists, saying that capitalism and making money and profit, that they're all so bad and big corporations are also evil and terrible, which, yes, right. there are many big evil corporations, but it's just okay. it's uh interesting the duplicity there all to defend what is a barbarous act of killing another human being the mental yeah. gymnastics the moral gymnastics that right. otherwise in a lot of cases otherwise pretty logical people um right. go through to defend such a horrific act they really think like the only real answer for all of it is this just that like god has blinded the minds the eyes of unbelievers and all of us were in that place at one point that we were deceived and we were depraved and we were without truth and without light but really like it's a spiritual heart issue at the end of the day because as much as you can show someone this is what abortion is this is what the industry is there are still some (sighs) people who just won't let go it's really not even a matter of truth to them it's a matter of power money deceit whatever it is and that's difficult. That's a difficult stronghold that really only God can break through.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I think when we finally began to realize that, it changed our strategy. Mm -hmm. We realized that without the Holy Spirit, we're just a voice. There's gotta be something deeper that's calling to the hearts of those that are listening. And yet we need to couple that belief that there are those that maybe truly do want the truth. And when that veil falls or when they're able to see clearly, then we have to be able to present truth to them. We have to know what we believe. So when those opportunities come up, we can easily just articulate what truth truly is. Right.
2: And it's not an yeah. easy thing to communicate. No. I mean, one of the things that, that drives this 1 Corinthians thirteen six: is love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. We have to distinguish between loving every human being and loving yeah. every human doing. We're not we're called by Scripture, of course, to love every human being, but we're not called to love every human doing. And as a creative, um, partnering with you know my best friend here where we um, try to figure out how can we create messaging that resonates with people, that's something that we have to keep in mind because it's really easy to demonize other people. It's really easy to yeah. do the name calling and just – and maybe some people feel, well, they deserve that. No. It's really challenging to figure out how can I still uphold their humanity and the fact that they're fearfully and wonderfully made as well, and yet disagree strongly, vehemently disagree with their, their ideological moral position.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
2: that's what leads us. And you mentioned earlier just the deception. Ephesians 4.14 talks about how we should not be like children blown to and fro every wind of new teaching, that we cannot be tricked by lies so clever they mm-hmm. sound like the truth. Oh my gosh, that's exactly what's happening in our culture today and among Mm -hmm. churches. How many churches have bowed down at the altar of DEI, bowed down at the altar of gender radicalism, bowed down at the altar of pro-abortion fake feminism? And so our passion is really to try to break through some of that cultural noise.
1: And it's definitely helpful um, and refining to pray for the people that are writing to us and telling us how much they hate us and how, how they much want die. they want us and our kids and you know to to die right. because I I just love Ali, that you brought up. There's just that those two components. There's that component that people are veiled to the truth, right. and so there's nobody but their creator that's gonna make that veil fall. And then once that happens. We need to be prepared. Yeah. And that's why we're so glad that you do what you do, because you're just speaking into all of these issues and helping people to understand what they believe. Because I think that our messages, I mean, folks begin to think they're crazy. You right. know, they think they're crazy because what is reasonable, what's scientifically proven, they're saying, no, 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 we're challenging that. That's not really the right. truth. And then they're folks that speak up and all of a sudden they go, yeah, that resonates with my soul Right. and I need to speak these words. (laughs) Right,
0: right. All right. Quick break to tell you guys about relief band. So people who use relief band, they absolutely swear by it. If you suffer from chronic nausea for any reason, whether it's from chemotherapy treatments or whether it's from morning sickness or you get sick in car rides or anxiety from traveling, whatever it is, you need a solution to that because it can be really disturbing in your life if you are always having to pause and take detours because of Nausea relief band is a band that you wear on your wrist that stimulates a nerve that communicates your to your brain to then tell your stomach to stop getting nauseous. This this can be a real game changer for you. Like if you've been avoiding travel or if you've been avoiding car rides because of the nausea that you suffer from, wear relief band and your nausea will go away. This is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting. And if you're someone like me, you try to be more natural, you don't want to take a bunch of medications, this is a great drug-free solution to your nausea. Go to reliefband.com and slash Allie. Use my code Allie for 20% off plus free shipping, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com slash Allie. Use my code Alley for 20% off plus free shipping, ReliefBand.com slash Let's talk about the um, gender issue. This is another controversial issue, so we are told. But it's also, um, it's one of those things a lot of people don't realize The background of gender ideology, and I mean, we could spend two hours talking about the roots of queer theory and where all of this comes from philosophically and ideologically. It's really, really ugly and gross and perverse, depraved, all of that. But right now, this is a money-making industry. This is creating lifelong slaves to the medical industrial complex, rendering kids sterile, rendering kids dependent upon the medical system after they go through puberty blockers, after they get these surgeries, after they become infertile and they have to go through the reproductive technologies. I mean, there is so much money being made by Mm -hmm. these industries, again, in the name of butchering kids. It's really not all that different. And you alluded to that earlier, Ryan. And so in a very positive way, you guys are trying to combat that lie um, that you can become the opposite sex. You wrote books called He is He and She is She. So tell us a little bit more about that, why you decided to speak up (laughs) about this and kind of the approach that you're taking to such a tough subject. Well, Ryan shared that he was in the ad agency world
1: for for you know that's his his field and um, very creative mind. And I was a teacher for years and in the schools and you know taught private private schools in in Connecticut, public schools in Virginia, and um, middle school in inner city Philadelphia. And all my years of teaching, I just have learned how powerful literature is. Mm. How what a tool it is to get across very difficult issues very simply if they're done well. Unfortunately, that's why we're seeing such um, such a push uh, to put so many different books in our schools, because other people know that too, especially those that are pushing for um, the distraction of our children and to teach them lies. But in in this way, I had written Pro-Life Kids years ago, a number of years ago, to really equip parents to articulate, really take the fear out of what what happens when, how do I talk about what it means to be Mm pro-life? So my heart was, let's take the fear and let's replace that with the confidence that comes when you have the tools to do it. And as we have watched what has gone on with gender radicalism and what is happening with our children at younger and younger ages, it's amazing how we realized we need to frame this conversation for our young children. It would be bizarre, even if we had written this book five years ago, it would not have gotten as much buzz now because people would have been like, yes, she is she, I'm like, you know, with you? she yeah. is not he, she <laughs> is not we, she is she. But now we're realizing that we must engage and we must help parents have the resources and the words and the tools to begin to teach their children objective truth because what we're seeing is a war on objective truth right. and 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 this war to really get at our, our children's souls and make them believe things that aren't true so that they will begin to buy into um, all of right. the things that you were talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we
2: live in Loudoun County, Holly. yeah I don't know if you've ever heard of Loudoun County, Virginia. <laughs> have,
0: I've heard of it. Unfortunately, oh, I don't think bit. I would have ever heard of it if the craziness that goes on there hadn't got on there and then been publicized. But y'all are kind of in the thick of the battle. And just so people know, that's not around Portland. It's not around San Francisco. That is in Virginia.
2: Right. Well, it used to be a conservative area. But, mm. you know, we've been involved in some of the school board meetings here. And Policy 8040, for instance, one of the things that inspired us to write She is She, Policy 8040 that basically says kid can be any gender. Parents can't can't know because you know parents are the enemy. Which mm-hmm. is, hello, that is Marxism. You separate right. the the yeah. child from the family, and we we saw these these steps being taken and the confusion that comes up, that comes upon these young children, and with total strangers because total strangers apparently have license to speak into kids' lives, but a parent mm-hmm. who is there before, during, and after all the aftermath has no right at all. And so this moved our hearts as parents of four children, two girls, two boys, and so how could we not do something? And so we partnered with our our good friend, Ed Kaler, who's a phenomenal illustrator. Yes. And just, you know, laid this out in a simple way. And we have two sections in the book. One of the sections says, what does the Bible say? Which is a good reminder. Well, after you read the
1: book. After you read the book, There's two resource pages. So
2: it's written in rhyme and it's adorable. And Eric Metaxas loved it. And that moved our hearts. I'm like, thank you. But then it comes to the section toward the end where it just says, what does the Bible say? What does science say? Because the two agree. And as Christians, we need to understand, okay, what's the biblical perspective? And then science is always reinforcing that. Right. And we want, and you talk about framing it, not just for kids, but we're also framing it for adults. And on the website, sheisshe.com, it has resources that are not age appropriate for little children, but it's for teens and adults. And there are resources for them to be able to dig deeper into this. We have got to frame this. We've got to figure and and think through this because we have an entire generation that's being yeah. that's being mutilated right in the name of pride in the name of inclusion in the name of whatever they're adding to it and it's devastating to see this happening right in front of our eyes
0: yes it's so devastating and as parents we owe our kids clarity you mentioned that parents are being seen as the enemy now we've certainly seen that in the school system we even see that from the government saying things like they're not your kids they're all of our kids. Well, if they're everyone's kids, then they're really no one's kids because the community doesn't have my yeah. neighbor. As much as I might like my neighbors and love my friends, they don't have the same vested interest in my child as I do because God didn't create them to. They have a more of an interest in their own children, and that's how God created yeah. us. So yes, God did give us children to be stewards of them, to be protectors of them, and one of the ways that we are supposed to raise them up, we see this all the way back in Deuteronomy 6, is that we are supposed to show them. Them the ways of the Lord. It's supposed to be right. written everywhere. It's supposed to be pervasive in our lives. And I don't think we ever thought, at least when I was growing up and when you guys were growing up too, that this was something that we had to write books about or that you explicitly had to really tell children because it was just so obvious. But now we have even a greater responsibility as Christian parents to offer our kids clarity. Now, I think, and you can tell me what you what you guys think about this. I mean, my kids are very young, so they don't need to know about The other side of the issue. Like, they don't need to know that there are some people who are gender confused. There are some people who think they can switch genders. There are some people who think that you can change into a boy. They're not at that age. They're already observing the differences in biology, the differences between mommy and daddy, boys and girls, and, you know, Grammy and Papa and all this stuff. And like, my job right now, our job is to affirm those things and to say, yes, that is right. Daddy is a man, mommy is. Uh, woman, and this is good. This is how God created families. This is how God created gender. You're a girl. You're a boy. These are great things. And you'll always be. One day you'll be a man. One day you'll be a woman. Cause sometimes kids are confused about that. Sometimes they think they'll grow up and be something else. And it's not gender ideology. It's just kids growing up. And so there right. is, and I, that's what I like about like y'all's book. It's affirming the good and the beautiful and true. And there is a time in kids' lives when we do have to explicitly say, you know what? Here are some bad ideas that are out there that are not true. They're not true scientifically. They're not true biblically. But there's also a period of time where we just have to affirm the good, the true, the good, the true over and over again and lay that foundation. The apologetics and the nuances and the understanding the darkness out there, that comes with time. But these books are really good foundational books for kids to know how God made us and that God's creation of our bodies is really, really good and purposeful.
1: And I think yeah. you, you've totally hit the nail on the head because sometimes as parents, we think we have to tell them everything about everything, whether we're talking pro-life issues, whether we're talking the gender issues, and yet age appropriately, we can equip them. Everything you're just saying, it's exactly right. right. Just by celebrating who God created them to be, guess what, parents? You're laying a foundation yes. that they are then, it is a standard by which they're going to weigh everything else that's coming in. And because that will give them natural pause when they see what's going on in the culture, we are actually creating them to believe in from, the, from a cellular level, yes. believe these truths. And so it's like, yeah, let's take away this fear that thinks that like, okay, wait, I have to pull out the graphs and the charts and I need to show them these videos. And, you know, I've talked to parents who are like, well, I take them to pride parades because I feel like they should know. And I was like, your son is eight. Your son just needs to know that he was made intentionally and he is so handsome and that God has created him to do wonderful things. That's laying a foundation that will actually stand the test of time. Yes, and definitely.
0: It,
2: and this draws back to Planned Parenthood too by the way, who is now profiting from all yes. of this. Um, mm-hmm. one of their their education tools, if you want to call it education, tells parents or adults to teach kindergartners for instance that your genitals don't determine whether you're a boy or a girl. Oh really? Yeah. I mean so the the anti-science that's being embraced not just by Planned Parenthood but by medical associations even when they use the phrase, you know, gender assigned at birth. Our gender isn't assigned at birth. I mean yeah. otherwise how do people discover during ultrasound You know what, B sex is. Of course, we know long before birth, but they do this. They change the language all the time and people buy into it. And Christians too often then adopt the language. And part of this, now, this is not part of the book. This is part of the website with the resources. But we really want to encourage people don't be duped by all that because it's not loving to actually reinforce a lie. You know people say well that's not inclusive and it's not tolerant look love lifts people out of their circumstances Mm -hmm. all this tolerance and inclusion you know keeps people where they are and pretends that there are no circumstances and so our heart really is to shine a light on this equip not only the young children to have that foundation but equip teens and adults to understand oh my word how do i think through this of Mm -hmm. course this is this is biblical this is scientific and to not be afraid to then lovingly reject The world's lies. And that's not easy because you have so many people just capitulating and thinking that it's compassion.
0: Let me tell you all about. Jace Medical. Jace Medical has a very innovative and unique service that is really important for emergency preparedness. Of course, you don't want to live in a state of paranoia, but you want to do what you can to try to protect your family should something happen with the supply chain or with your ability uh, to get the things that you need, particularly the medications that you need. Maybe this is not something that you thought about. Maybe you've prepared with an emergency food supply, but you also need to think about having access to the medications that you need, particularly antibiotics. Obviously, infections can be very dangerous. You want antibiotics should you need them in a time of an emergency. You also need to be able to access the prescription medications that you and your kids, your spouse, take on a daily basis. Jace Medical makes that possible. It's the only service in the U.S. that prepares you for medical emergencies with antibiotics and the prescription medications that you take on a daily basis. So you go through their telemedicine process, process they figure out or you let them know the prescriptions that you take and you show them obviously the documentation and all of that they verify your prescriptions and they send you a year supply of your daily prescriptions as well as a year supply of those much needed antibiotics this can give you great peace of mind it's just a great way to protect your family go to jacemedical.com use code ally to check out this jacemedical.com code ally And
1: our worldviews begin to be formed really by the age of two. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. By the age of nine to 13, there are, we're actually solidifying things that they have begun to internalize right. from those very young ages. You were talking about your young kiddos, and they're going to begin to internalize the beauty and the celebration of... Like you share with them of, yes, mommy and daddy are different. And really by the time it's time for them to refine their worldview at 13 to 18 in those ages, um, you know, so many parents are like, now we're going to start talking about this. Mm-hmm. But if we don't understand developmentally that we have to lay a foundation age appropriately, it's something that we can do. We are equipped to do it. Yes. And then we're going to find that when they're 18, there will be a solid place to stand when they are just being you know, hit from every end, oh. uh, Every every turn, they'll see something different.
0: Yes. And I do just want to encourage if there are any parents listening who you have teenagers, you have preteens, maybe you just became a Christian. Maybe you just woke up to the fact that, oh my gosh, I should have been discipling my kids and telling them these worldview issues. Yes, of course, it may be more difficult, but I don't want those parents to think that it's a lost cause or that now you don't have responsibility or you don't have authority to teach your kids these things. Look, God is totally sovereign and he is very gracious and he can still equip you to have those very formative conversations, even with your teenagers. So for those who are, you feel like you're late to the game and discipling your kids, like even the Radioth, uh the radiance foundation has um, they've got equipment for you and resources for you. It's never too late to, lean into our God-given responsibility to disciple our kids, whether your kids are seven months old or 17 years old. like It is still your responsibility. You can still do it. You still have the opportunity to plant those seeds in your child's mind. Amen. So good. He doesn't get
1: tired of so redeeming true. and changing and refining. Yeah. And if he could change our hearts at 30, you know, totally. it's, it's, you're right. That's just so important to understand. Yes. It's never too late and God never gets tired
0: yes, of yes. changing
1: hearts and minds.
0: Yes. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, tell us a little bit more information about how uh, people can learn more about the Radiance Foundation and learn more about your books, get your books and follow your writings, all awesome. that good stuff.
1: Yep. Well, you can find us at radiance.life. Of course, we're on all the social media platforms, although...
2: Slightly suppressed.
1: They just keep suppressing us. So
2: Facebook, Instagram.
1: Radiance.life. And you could go directly to SheIsShe. SheIsShe.com, which will also give you those resources and take you to a place to buy the books. And um, yeah, you could find our initiative Pro-Life Kids on ProLifeKids.com. If you're looking for some tools in that direction, there's free downloadables and lots of things there. But radiance.life is our main site. Yep. Awesome. And we
2: have lots of stuff there, creative stuff, that's fearless, factual, and freeing. And our heart is that it helps you yes. uh, shift culture around yes.
0: you. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much, Ryan and Bethany. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Oh, you, it was Natalie. an honor. Thanks yeah. for having us. Mm-hmm.